Hi, welcome to this episode. Today, I would like to read the Faith Mind Sutra. It is um, freely available on the internet, and I'll post the link in the episode details. Uh, Ramana Maharshi has uh, said that they will. He said that um, once books have given you that one information that you need to guide you to self-realization, then books are useless. And he ends that dialogue about how you need to move on beyond books by saying that there comes a time when all that you've learned needs to be forgotten and that's intuitively sounds absolutely right and therefore you'll see that many great works of uh, spirituality are not lengthy and do not are not verbose uh, because the truth is simple it's quite easy to tell and shouldn't take too many words and in the end words aren't enough words cannot replace the truth or the experience of the truth so as you progress on your journey go beyond all the literature all the books that tell you to do this or that all the scriptures that talk about the right way of living or what is the wrong way of living what is right and what is wrong go beyond all of that and find those works those books those writings that do not judge do not hold opinions but just talk about the way and the faith mind sutra is one of those it was written by seng san the third chinese patriarch a zen master who was 
an ordinary man a leprosy stricken ordinary man when he met i think in his 40s when he met the second patriarch and the teachings resonated in him in such a way that within 2 years the second patriarch handed him the robe and the bowl denoting passing on of the teachings to a new master and zeng zeng san was uh, living at a time when buddhists were being persecuted in china and he was specially instructed by his master not to teach for about for what i think 25 24 25 years when he was hiding in the mountains in the forests just to escape this persecution at one time he had to feign madness in order to escape being killed and after that life of realization and apparent suffering because what we believe is suffering is just a concept but after this life of persecution and suffering the teachings that he left hold no opinions they do not judge they do not comment on the moral fiber of society or anything of that sort they just talk about the way and not surprisingly it is said that when he passed away he was standing under a tree in gasho in greeting in a greeting posture someone who's moved beyond and merged with the light the words do not belong to him or her the words belong to the source so in a way the fate mind sutra is a direct teaching coming right from the source i will read it out for you leave the link for you you should uh, would recommend uh, for all seekers at different levels of seeking different stages of seeking 
again that's contentious there is no stage but again the ego feels stages so should should read the faith mind sutra very regularly it's one of the most influential works of spirituality that i have discovered because of how pointed it is how focused it is how it does not digress towards anything else except what sanction wanted to tell you and me all right so i'm going to read each of these stanzas twice so that uh, you're able to not miss out on any of it and it's not too long it's about 21 stanzas so this is the faith mind sutra or verses on the faith mind verse 1 the great way is not difficult for those not attached to preferences when not attached to love or hate all is clear and undisguised separate by the smallest amount however and you are far from it as heaven is from earth this is the verse one i'll read it again verse one the great way is not difficult for those not attached to preferences when not attached to love or hate all is clear and undisguised separate by the smallest amount however and you are far from it and you are as far from it as heaven is from earth verse 2 if you wish to know the truth then hold to no opinions to set up what you like against what you dislike is the disease of the mind verse 2 reading it again if you wish to know the truth then hold to no opinions to set up what you like against what you dislike is the disease of the mind verse 3 when the fundamental nature of things is not recognized the mind's essential peace is disturbed to no avail the way is perfect as vast space is perfect where nothing is lacking and nothing is in excess verse 3 reading it again 
when the fundamental nature of things is not recognized, the mind's essential peace is disturbed to no avail. The way is perfect as vast space is perfect where nothing is lacking and nothing is in excess. Verse 4 Indeed, it is due to our grasping and rejecting that we do not know the true nature of things. Live neither in the entanglements of outer things, nor in ideas or feelings of emptiness. Be serene and at one with things, and erroneous views will disappear by themselves. Verse 4, reading it again. Indeed, it is due to our grasping and rejecting that we do not know the true nature of things. Live neither in the entanglements of outer things, nor in ideas or feelings of emptiness. Be serene and at one with things and erroneous views will disappear by themselves. Verse 5 When you try to stop activity to achieve quietude, your very efforts fills you with activity. As long as you remain attached to one extreme or another, you will never know oneness. Those who do not live in the single way cannot be free in either activity or quietitude, in assertion or denial. This is a very subtle and important verse. Um, it's the meaning needs to be discerned carefully. I'll read the verse 5 again. When you try to stop activity to achieve quietitude, your very efforts fills you with activity. As long as you remain attached to one extreme or another, you will never know oneness. Those who do not live in the single way cannot be free in either activity or quietitude, in assertion or denial. Verse 6 Deny the reality of things and you miss their reality. Assert the emptiness of things and you miss their reality. The more you talk and think about it, the further you wander from the truth. So cease attachment to talking and thinking. And there is nothing you will not be able to know. 
reading verse 6 again i think this is the summary of everything that needs to be known a microcosm of everything that needs to be known reading verse 6 again deny the reality of things and you miss their reality assert the emptiness of things and you miss their reality the more you talk and think about it the further you wander from the truth so cease attachment to talking and thinking and there is nothing you will not be able to know verse 7 to return to the root is to find the essence but to pursue appearances or enlightenment is to miss the source to awaken even for a moment is to go beyond appearance and emptiness verse 7 i'll read again to return to the root is to find the essence but to pursue appearances or enlightenment is to miss the source to awaken even for a moment is to go beyond appearance and emptiness and that line to go beyond appearance and emptiness is very important verse 8 changes that seem to occur in the empty world we make real only because of our ignorance do not seek for the truth only cease to cherish opinions this is actually verse 8 and verse 9 and i'll read it again verse 8 changes that seem to occur in the empty world we make real only because of our ignorance verse 9 reading it again do not seek the truth only cease to cherish opinions verse 10 do not remain in a dualistic state avoid such easy habits carefully if you attach even to a trace of this and that of right and wrong the mind essence will be lost in confusion although all dualities arise from the one do not be attached even to the ideas of this one verse 10 i'm reading it again Do not remain in a dualistic state avoid such easy habits carefully if you attach even to a trace of this and that of right and wrong the mind essence will be lost in confusion although all dualities arise from the one do not be attached even to ideas of this one verse 11 
when the mind exists undisturbed in this way there is no objection to anything in the world and when there is no objection to anything things cease to be in the old way when no discriminating attachment arises the old mind ceases to exist let go of things as separate existences and mind too vanishes likewise when the thinking subject vanishes so too do the objects created by the mind again this is like another verse that is a microcosm of all advaita or non duality teaching or all zen teaching and that's why i believe faith mind sutra is super powerful because i think every stanza is every verse is a microcosm so i'll read this one again Eleven. When the mind exists undisturbed in the way, there is no objection to anything in the world. And when there is no objection to anything, things cease to be in the old way. When no discriminating attachment arises, the old mind ceases to exist. let go of things as separate existences and mind too vanishes likewise when the thinking subject vanishes so do so too do the objects created by the mind the subject twelve the arising of others gives rise to self giving rise to self generates others knowing know these seeming two as facets of the one fundamental reality in this emptiness these two are really one and each contains all phenomena if not comparing not attached to refined and vulgar you will not fall into judgment and opinion twelve reading it again the arising of other gives rise to self giving rise to self generates others know these seeming two as facets of the one fundamental reality in this emptiness these two are really one and each contains all phenomena if not comparing nor attached to refined and vulgar you will not fall into judgment and opinion 13 13 the great way 
is embracing and spacious. To live in it is neither easy nor difficult. Those who rely on limited views are fearful and irresolute. The faster they hurry, the slower they go. To have a narrow mind and to be attached to getting enlightenment is to lose one's center and go astray. When one is free from attachment, all things are as they are and there is nothing, there is neither coming nor going. This is the fundamental mistake that uh, seekers make. This, this stanza talks about, which is to get too attached to seeking, get too attached to the outcome of seeking. So I'll read 13 again. The great way is embracing and spacious. To live in it is neither easy nor difficult. Those who rely on limited views are fearful and irresolute. The faster they hurry, the slower they go. To have a narrow mind and to be attached to getting enlightenment is to lose one's center and go astray. When one is free from attachment, all things are as they are, and there is neither coming nor going. Verse 14. When in harmony with the nature of things, your own fundamental nature And you will walk freely and undisturbed. However, when mind is in bondage, the truth is hidden and everything is murky and unclear. And the burdens and practice of judging brings annoyance and weariness. What benefit can be derived from attachment to distinctions and separations? Reading verse 14 again. When in harmony with the nature of things, your own fundamental nature and you will walk freely and undisturbed. However, when mind is in bondage, the truth is hidden and everything is murky and unclear. And the burdensome, burdensome practice of judging brings annoyance and weariness. What benefit can be derived from attachment to distinctions? and separations. Verse 15 If you wish to move in the one way, do not dislike the worlds of senses and ideas. Indeed, to embrace them fully is identical with true enlightenment. The wise person attaches to no goals, but the foolish person fetters himself or herself. There is one dharma, without differentiation. Distinctions arise from the clinging needs of the ignorant. To seek mind with the discriminate to seek mind with the discriminating mind is the greatest of mistakes. Reading this again. 
15. If you wish to move in the one way, do not dislike the world of senses and ideas. Indeed, to embrace them fully is identical with true enlightenment. The wise person attaches to no goals, but the foolish person fetters himself or herself. There is one dharma without differentiation. Distinctions arise from the clinging needs of the ignorant. To seek mind with the discriminating mind is the greatest of mistakes. 16. Rest and unrest derive from illusion. With enlightenment, attachment to liking and disliking ceases. All dualities come from ignorant inference. They are like dreams, phantoms, hallucinations. It is foolish to try to grasp them. Gain and loss, right and wrong. Finally abandon all such thoughts at once. 16. Reading it again. Rest and unrest derive from illusion. With enlightenment, attachment to liking and disliking ceases. All dualities come from ignorant ignorant in inference. They are like dreams, phantoms, hallucinations. It is foolish to try to grasp them. Gain and loss, right and wrong. Finally abandon all such thoughts at once. If 17. If the eye never sleeps, and when this when he says I, he means the organ, the human organ, the eye. If the eye never sleeps, all dreams will. I'll uh, read 17. If the eye never sleeps, all dreams will naturally cease. If the mind makes no discriminations, the 10,000 things are as they are, of single essence. To realize the mystery of this one essence is to be released from all entanglements. When all things are seen without differentiation, the one self-essence is everywhere revealed. No comparisons or analogies are possible in this causeless, relationless state of just this one. I'll repeat 17 again. If the eye never sleeps, all dreams will naturally cease. If the mind makes no discriminations, the 10,000 things are as they are of single essence. To realize the mystery of this one essence is to be released from all entanglements. When all things are seen without differentiation, the one self-essence is everywhere revealed. No comparisons or analogies are possible in this causeless, relationless state of just this one. 18. When movement stops, there is no movement. And when no movement, there is no stopping. When such dualist, 
dualities cease to exist. Oneness itself cannot exist. To this ultimate state, no law or description applies. And this is a beautiful stanza. Reading 18 again. When movement stops, there is no movement. And when no movement, there is no stopping. When such dualities cease to exist, oneness itself cannot exist. To this ultimate state, no law or description applies. 19. For the realized mind at one with the way, all self-centered striving ceases, doubts and irresolutions vanish, and the truth is confirmed in you. With a single stroke, you are freed from bondage. Nothing clings to you, and you hold to nothing. All is empty, clear, self-eliminating, with no need to exert the mind. Here, thinking, feeling, understanding and imagination are of no value. In this world, as it really is, there is neither self nor other than self. Reading 19 again. For the realized mind, at one with the way, all self-centered striving ceases. Doubts and irresolutions vanish and the truth is confirmed in you. With a single stroke, you are freed from bondage. Nothing clings to you and you hold to nothing. All is empty, clear, self-eliminating, with no need to exert the mind. Here, thinking, feeling, understanding and imagination are of no value. In this world, as it really is, there is neither self nor other than self. 20. To know this reality directly is possible only through practicing non-duality. When you live this non-separation, all things manifest the one and nothing is excluded. Whoever comes to enlightenment, no matter when or where, realizes personally this fundamental source. Reading 19 again. To know this reality directly is possible only through practicing non-duality. When you live this non-separation, all things manifest the one and nothing is excluded. Whoever comes to enlightenment, no matter when or where, realizes personally this fundamental source. So 19 is telling you that no matter which way you choose, what path you choose, Finally, the realization will be the same. 20. 
This dharma truth has nothing to do with big or small, with time and space. Here a single thought is as ten thousand years, not here, not there, but everywhere, always right before your eyes. Not here, not there, but everywhere, always right before your eyes. Infinitely large and infinitely small, no difference. For definitions are irrelevant, and no boundaries can be discerned. So likewise with existence and non-existence. Reading twenty again. This dharma truth has nothing to do with big or small, with time and space. Here a single thought is as ten thousand years. Not here, not there, but everywhere, always right before your eyes. Infinitely large and infinitely small, no difference. For definitions are irrelevant, and no boundaries can be discerned. So likewise with existence and non-existence. Twenty-one. Don't waste your time in arguments and discussion, attempting to grasp the ungraspable. Reading twenty-one again. Don't waste your time in arguments and discussion, attempting to grasp the ungraspable. And I think twenty-one sort of urges you not to intellectualize. but to practice intellectualizing is a waste of time trying to understand the way by your intellect is trying to grasp the ungraspable twenty i think i might have missed out on the numbering so this is 22 the one i read now 23 each thing reveals the one the one manifests as all things to live in this realization is not to worry about perfection or, or non perfection to put your trust in the heart mind is to live without separation and in this non duality you are one with your life source reading 23 again each thing reveals the one the one manifests as all things to live in this realization is not to worry about perfection or non perfection to put your trust in the heart mind is to live without separation and in this non duality you are win you are one with your life source and this one talks about how you can see oneness in everything the oneness manifesting in everything everything which you discriminate on the basis of everything that you discriminate or or separate and look differently at on the basis of your conditioning is also you and it's all one
And that realization is what in a way needs to reveal itself when the time is right. And now we are at the last stanza. And in the last stanza, as any enlightened guru or master would, Sangshan goes on to, in a way, denounce everything that he said in the first 23 stanzas by saying, and this is the 24th stanza, words, words, the way is beyond language, for in it there is no yesterday, no tomorrow, no today. So in a way, Shangshan is saying that after all, all of this that you've just read are just words and the way is beyond words. It needs to be experienced. I'll read 24 again. Words. These are all words. The way is beyond language. For in for in it, there is no yesterday, no tomorrow, and no today. And that's where the way Faith Mind Sutra ends. I would urge you to read it. I'll leave the link in the episode details. Without complicating it without trying to make it sound difficult. Sankshan has been able to talk about the way in the most layman terms possible because the way is for everyone. It is not for the ones who have accumulated huge amount of knowledge and information and not for the ones who abandon everything and go to a forest to meditate. It is for everyone. It is accessible to everyone. And it is as simple as getting that one moment of clarity while reading that faith reading this Faith Mind Sutra. So, I hope you get that clarity while reading this. Thank you for listening in.